Welcome to the New Grad Physio podcast, hosted by Andy Barker, consultant sports physiotherapist, private practice owner, and the founder of the New Grad Physio. Having experienced his own rapid rise from student to dream job as the head of physiotherapy and rehab at the Leeds Rhinos, just 15 months after graduating, Andy knows exactly what it takes to accelerate your skills and fly up the promotion ladder faster than you ever thought possible. Having previously been with the Leeds Rhinos for 10 seasons, Andy now consults with a number of individual elite athletes within professional rugby, international football and professional dance, alongside running his own successful private practice. Andy built the New Grad Physio to help new grad physios, sports therapists and sport rehabilitators just like you accelerate their own learning and learn the skill sets you need to become a competent, confident and competitive new grad physio. As a new grad, there are specific challenges you will face during those first few years, and this podcast will deliver you actionable advice you can use to overcome these challenges and start your own successful new grad journey. Enjoy the show! Welcome to the New Grad Physio Podcast. I'm Andy Barker, your host, and in this episode, we're going to talk all about knee injuries, and in particular, we're going to talk about knee stability testing and how important your special testing is when you actually come to assessing a knee. So for two main reasons really. So firstly that you don't put your athletes or your patients at risk of a further injury by misdiagnosing a potentially unstable knee and also so you're able to manage their injury in the best possible way. So just the other week I was on a coaching call with one of the members of my neurophysio membership and he had quite a difficult case in his own practice, so he work, he's a therapist who works in private practice and he was seeing uh, a patient who presented with uh, an MCL injury, but his MCL injury had happened sort of six weeks prior to his, his sort of first appointment and the, before his first appointment with the, the therapist that I was talking to and, and there sort of lied the, the problem, if you like, because his management up to that point in those first six weeks had been, had been relatively poor. Uh, and to that point he was struggling quite a lot so he had quite a lot of pain he was lacking a lot of movement in his knee his knee still felt you know quite unstable and when he was coming down stairs and when he was walking and that was all because that early management particularly that you know even though he had seen you know a couple of the therapists before this point his in his management up to that point had not been been the best so we spoke through how we could manage that injury a little bit better we put together a, a sort of treatment plan and it was great to hear this week that how well he'd been sort of progressing even just in a, a real short period of time and that he was just about to start back running. But this conversation with this therapist brought up a really interesting, you know, a really important point that when we are perhaps presented with instability like you know, an, an MCL injury or LCL or, or even like an ACL injury in the, in the knee, our early management is is key you know if we don't get this right we risk really poor treatment outcomes and a prolonged return to activity and sport for the patients and athletes that we we're working with i myself was actually quite unfortunate to to stay in a high grade mcl injury playing rugby a sort of few years ago i was playing i was running with the ball i got tackled hit from the side uh, foot fixed knee was forced into a valgus position and I sustained a really high degree uh, MCL injury. I actually also got an ankle deltoid injury at the same time. 
you know, for me, you know, missing a few weeks rugby wasn't really my main concern at the time because at the time I was working as the, the lead therapist at the Leeds Rhinos and just the night before we'd actually progressed to the Challenge Cup final. So we beat St. Helens, I think it was, in the in a in the semi-final the night before, and then I had a game and I got injured. But on the day I actually got injured, it was only four weeks to the day that we were actually in the in the final. So the final of the Challenge Cup, for those that you don't know, is at, at Wembley Stadium. I'd been fortunate to, to go there a few times before, but obviously a, a massive game like that is a game, you know, how many times you go to, to a stadium like that in a big game like that, you, you sort of want to be involved. And for those that maybe not maybe not too au fait with rugby league, you know, during a game, it's quite different to other sports like rugby union or, or cricket or football, where you sort of, as a medical professional, you sort of call onto the pitch if and when needed. In rugby league, you can go on the pitch at any point during the game, so you end up sort of checking on players, you know, left, right and centre, and it's it's not uncommon to, to sort of cover anywhere between sort of 3 and 5k running around during a, the 80 minutes of a game. I actually know this because I actually won a, a GPS unit to test it out, you know, over a, over a few games quite a few years ago. But so the injury I had, you know, obviously I wanted to get fixed up because, you know, I'm a, I'm a physio and I wanted, you know, it not to cause me a problem sort of in the future. But, you know, missing a, missing a bit of rugby over the next few weeks wasn't my big concern. This was obviously a game in four weeks' time I wanted to get back to and I didn't want to miss. The point I'm telling you, the reason I'm telling you this is because because I had an early diagnosis, I knew pretty much what injury I had. I got assessed straight away by a therapist that I trust. And because I had, you know, good early management, I, I immobilised the knee, then I had a pretty progressive rehab plan. You know, I was able to get back running in just a few weeks' time and I, and I made the final four weeks you know, four weeks to the day of my injury, you know, pretty easy in a game that we, you know, it was obviously a great occasion, it was great to be part of, great to do the on-field duties. We won the game, which was obviously a great a great bonus. And then just a week later, I was actually back training with my, you know, rugby team and, and then playing, you know, playing pretty quickly as well. So, you know, when we sort of talk about, in this in this sort of you know, podcast, I want to cover some really important points. So when you're considering you know, and assessing any knee injury, and in particular your special testing, is so you ensure you don't miss these injuries. So your things, your injuries, your ligament injuries in your knee, like your MCL, your LCL, you know, your PCL, or even an ACL injury. So you can then ensure your patient and athlete is managed in the best possible way following their injury. The first point I sort of wanted to really cover in this sort of podcast is the fact that you might only actually get one chance or one test to actually assess the the laxity or the instability of a knee with a patient or an athlete you're working with. So ultimately, your patient handling and how you actually test the knee is key. Now, I can vouch myself from when I had my own MCL injury that after that first time I was tested, I wasn't going to let anyone else test that knee again. So when, you know, when the therapist that I got to, to assess my knee, when he you know, put a, a valgus test you know, to test my MCL integrity, when that knee opened up, when it gapped like it wasn't supposed to, you know, it felt so alien, it felt horrible to be honest. And you know, after that first time, and knowing being a therapist and knowing what he was going to do, getting his hands in the, the certain position that he was, I knew what he was going to test. So when he tried doing it again, 100% I was not letting him do that, I you know, switched on my quad, I was guarding, I was tensing up and ultimately he wasn't able to, to test my MCL again and you know your patients 
your athletes will be exactly the same. As soon as they know you're going to elicit something that they don't like, whether that feels you know alien and feels horrible like it did to me, or whether it's pain or whatever it is, you know they're going to stop you from doing it. However, the first time you do it, they're not going to be probably be aware of you know how you put in your hands and what what test you're actually going to do to their knee. So you're actually able to get a really good you know valid test of that you know MCL test, that valgus test, whether it's a varus test when testing like an LCL, whether it's a posterior draw with a, a PCL, you know, potential test, or maybe it's an anterior draw or a Lacrimus test with an ACL, or indeed any other knee stability test. You know, you might only have one chance and that might be that first test to assess whether this knee is unstable or not. Because ultimately your patients are likely to know what you're testing. They're not going to guard and they're not going to stop you from you know, testing that knee properly. So this is might be your only good chance of a good test. And the point I'm sort of trying to cement here is your ability to be able to handle patients well, to be able to actually conduct the test well and be competent in your special testing is key for you to be able to diagnose you know, an unstable knee or not. Hope you are enjoying today's episode so far. Just wanted to take a break and make sure you haven't missed out on Andy's latest free resource, Five Steps to Fast Track Your New Grad Physio Career. It will show you five simple steps you need to accelerate your learning and career as a new grad physio. It is packed full of clinical and non-clinical advice, including the missing career skill university didn't teach you that is stopping you getting better job roles, more opportunities and better pay as a new grad physio. It's Andy's most downloaded resource and you can get it completely free just by visiting newgradphysio.com. So make sure you check it out. Now, let's get back to the podcast. So following on from that, this sounds relatively simple, but it makes perfect sense that you need to sort of practice your testing. So as we've sort of just discussed, you might only get chance to, one chance to test that you know, that MCL, that LCL, that PCL, or that ACL. So it's so high importance that you are actually competent in your, your knee special testing. The, so the easiest way to sort of practice is on uh, uninjured patients or athletes. That could be a family or a friend or even another colleague because these patients don't have pathology. They're not going to apprehend, they're not going to guard, not going to stop you from testing because they're not in pain. And ultimately, like I say, they do not have pathology. Practice on healthy subjects, if you like. It also has the added benefit is you get to feel what a sort of normal end feel is like. So end feel of a of a ligament should feel relatively similar in each and every person person that you test. You know, laxity will differ. So when you test, if you did an MCL, you know, valgus test on a hundred different people, people will have varying degrees of you know of laxity or movement if you like with that particular test which is normal i'm talking about people here who've not had a previous you know injury or don't have current pathology but an end feel for a ligament should always feel relatively the same so if you're able to practice on healthy subjects you then get to realize and get the appreciation of of what actually normal end feel feels like so when you do get a, a patient or an athlete that has you know, no M feel or different M feel because they have an injury there, then you know that feels different because you've practiced before and you know what a normal M feel feels like. Your aim when you're actually stability testing 
with the knee is ultimately one thing and one thing only is to determine whether that knee is unstable or not. If they you know are unstable, you want to be considering immobilizing that knee. So whether that's the use of something like a, a knee brace or even potentially you know knee brace plus maybe elbow crutches if you want to you know protect and sort of offload that knee in a, in a sort of cute setting. So if you're going to look at a maybe use an example a, a, like a grade two or a, you know a grade three MCL. Most orthopedic type guidelines would suggest that you brace the knee for for a minimum of sort of six weeks. And you know for me this that's a bit too long of a process. And with the right sort of bracing plan and with a sort of progressive rehab plan, you know six weeks is is probably a little bit too excessive. And you can probably cut that in half and actually get you know most. You know, patients and athletes, a bit similar to, to my own case, if you like, that I spoke about previously, you know, back up to full speed within sort of four or five weeks. You know, if someone's in a brace for six weeks and the ultimate, you know, maybe four or five weeks rehab, you know, after that, you're probably looking at, you know, 10 to 12 weeks getting them back to uh, full activity and, and sort of contact sport. The point I'm trying to make is, if there is laxity there, the the knee itself needs needs protecting, and the easiest way to do that with a ligament injury in the knee is to actually brace the knee. If the knee is not unstable, then it doesn't need bracing. So there's a big difference here. An unstable knee, we're looking at to immobilise, to brace it acutely, to, to sort of look after it. If the knee's not unstable, that we don't need to brace the knee. There may be times when you are assessing an injury, a knee injury, and you're querying laxity query a you know, MCL injury or LCL injury, uh, a PCL injury or whatever it might may be, but maybe because of pain, maybe because of you know, the inflammatory response, if it's a, an acute injury, maybe it's because of you know, patient apprehension for whatever reason, maybe it's because there's other injuries going on in the knee at that particular time. Sometimes your knee special testing can be difficult, uh, particularly so if this is an acute injury. So looking at a, in, a, in a sports setting, you you know, the injuries just happened, you're at beyond the pitch, or it might be at half time or after the game, and you're assessing this and there's a lot going on. And sometimes it can be it can be more difficult to decipher exactly what structures are are injured. So my advice in, in this sort of sort of setting, if if you're unsure if there's laxity there or not, just immobilize it, treat it as if it is, you know, unstable, and then just review that injury as soon as you can, maybe a, you know. A day later, a couple of days later, a few days later, the worst thing that could happen if you immobilise a knee that's not unstable is you make the knee a little bit stiff, which you can treat quite easily with your, you know, hands-on treatment techniques and, and even your rehab. The danger that if you if you miss an injury like this and you you don't immobilise an unstable knee is one, they may cause more damage, more injury to to that particular structure. So, for example, the MCL, they could cause damage to other structures in their knee. So, if they have a you know, a lax medial knee, they have a, a an injury to their MCL, they're at risk of maybe damaging their uh, meniscus, they're at risk of damaging their ACL, because you know the MCLs are secondary restraint to anterior draw. So it's really important, you know, if you're if you if you're querying laxity, if you think there may be laxity there and then maybe they're subjective and their other objective findings that are leading you towards, you know, there being laxity there, but you're not able to actually know test that properly with your special testing always sort of err on the side of caution in an acute setting when you first see these injuries to 
to immobilise, to look after the injury, and then he obviously can review it, you know, a few days later to, to maybe help, hopefully then at that point, be able to assess the knee and be able to include your special testing to, to fully diagnose exactly what's going on, you know, with their, with their knee injury so you can manage them in, in the best possible way. So just to sort of round up this sort of podcast, one of the, the sort of key points I want you to sort of take a, take away from this, this podcast is, you know, firstly, you, you need to ensure that you're competent with your knee special testing. Like we've discussed, you might only get one chance to, to assess a suspected unstable knee before a patient becomes apprehensive and actually stops you from testing. So you really need to nail that first test. The way to do this is to practice on injured people so you get an appreciation of one normal differences between you know people and also what a sort of normal end feel feels like. So when you do assess a patient or an athlete that doesn't have a normal end feel because they have an injury present, it's it's easier for you to sort of pick up and diagnose in the sort of right right way. And then finally, the whole point of you know knee stability testing is to assess whether the knee is unstable or not. If it is, we want to immobilise it, we want to brace it. If it's not, we don't need to. If you're unsure, look at, you know, air on the side of caution by immobilising the, the joint and then aiming to review it again a few days later. Lastly, I'd like to thank you for joining me on, on today's podcast. If you have any sort of questions about this particular blog or, you know, anything else I've sort of covered, that you've seen on sort of the material that I, I sort of published, then please post them on any of my social media channels wherever you're sort of picking up uh, my podcasts or blogs, or even feel free if you want to email me something more specific. Uh, Andy at neurophysio.com is the place to get me. Thanks for joining me on today's podcast. Enjoy the rest of your day, whatever you're up to, and I will speak to you all again very soon. Thanks for listening to Andy Barker's new Grad Physio podcast. If you've enjoyed this content, you will love his website, newgradphysio.com, which is packed full of free content to help you, a new grad physio, sports therapist, or sports rehabilitator, overcome the specific challenges you face day to day in your clinical practice, working in the NHS, private practice, and sport. Here you can get links to all his other podcast episodes, read all his blogs, find out about his book and his upcoming courses and the new Grad Physio membership. You can also download Andy's latest free resource, Five Steps to Fast Track Your New Grad Physio Career. It is packed full of clinical and non-clinical advice, including the missing career skill university didn't teach you that is stopping you getting better job roles, more opportunities and better pay as a new Grad Physio. Get access to all this by visiting www.newgradphysio.com. The New Grad Physio was built to help as many new grads as possible. So if you have enjoyed the podcast, please leave a review and even better, tell someone else about it. Enjoy the rest of your day, whatever you have planned. And here's to the start of your own successful new grad journey.